カハンニャハラミタシンギョー Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Different talk prepared, or at least was considering to give, and then the last moment I changed my mind. To me, it's really important to, in our practice, to keep things fresh. Who cares what you prepared before? Never get stuck in something you prepared. And just kind of keep digging into what you prepared. Perhaps. <laughs> so I was very inspired by this koan. It's from the Blue Cliff Record, case number 41. When the koans all have these. In later collections, have these introductions. The introduction to the koan says, Where yes and no are intertwined, even sages cannot know. When opposition and harmony shift freely, Even Buddhas cannot distinguish this beautiful space that they're describing. Well, we're not so concerned with yes or no, right and wrong, that even sages can't point to it. Think about it since you woke up this morning and how maybe your brain has been kind of rattling back and forth in different ways. Yes and no, rain or no rain. When opposition and harmony shift freely, so we're not stuck in opposition or harmony. Like that is space. How delicious to not have to be stuck in either opposition or harmony. Harmony or conflict. Parts of our world. When you're unattached to society and transcend its norms, Manifesting capacities of extraordinary magnitude, walking on thin ice. 
running on sword blades. Then you are like a unicorn's horn, like a lotus blooming in the fire. And we're not so wedded to convention or ideals or what we think we're supposed to be doing or how I want you to see me. Man that's when we manifest capacities of extraordinary magnitude. And there's so many possibilities. Never get really caught in like. Never had that experience. I've been caught so many times when I thought I wasn't caught. running on sword blades. To me, this points to the spirit of the practice of that you would have to run really fast. You wouldn't want to do slow kinhin, perhaps, on sword blades. To be swift to have that kind of agility in our own mind, in our own heart, so we're not stuck on each thing. It's so exquisite what is available. Then you're like a unicorn's horn. So rare. So beautiful, so exquisite and specific. Like a lotus in a burning fire. So like that lotus that we appreciate so much because it demands our crap. It needs like the murkiest, hardest waters, the most difficult times in our life. Whether it's our own spiritual struggles, psychological struggles, our physical, our body struggles, that it requires all of that to wake up, to bloom. And it's such a beautiful image from the lotus blossoming in the midst of fire. How rare that is. That kind of courage. Where many of us would be like, oh, fire. Shitty conditions. I want nice conditions. 
It's so amazing how much we are wedded to that. Wanting nice conditions, good conditions. We wait for that. It says, then only when you see people who transcend convention do you know they are on just the same path. You recognize each other because you're willing to do what's hard, what is beyond what is normal, which is basically to keep your head down and stay small and just keep going, staying plugged in. But you do, it's like so ordinary. I talk about this so often, you know, when you are walking down the street and you're actually aware that you're walking down the street. I feel like I can't say that enough because it's such a big deal. And then you recognize like, hey, you're walking down the street too. Check you out. Prokopenko. <laughs> then the end of this introduction to this koan, it says, who's an expert anyway? This like desire to control in a, so many different ways. And some of us try to desire for control by assuming the worst all the time. It's almost like the kind of bad prophet aspect of ourselves that's going to assume like the other shoe is going to drop, I'm going to be left or abandoned or the shit's going to just fall. Is another way of controlling what is completely unknown. So just to think about how you respond to when you meet difficulty. Do you open? Do you close? Do you actually meet what's happening with curiosity and tenderness? There's a note that says, a footnote, a unicorn's horn means beyond standard convention. <laughs> In case you didn't know. I don't, that's just very funny to me. Like that's the, to me, that's the beauty of this path and this practice. Why Shakyamuni Buddha called it against the stream which of course comes from that story when he had tried all of these different practices and put this golden bowl in the river and he said if it goes upstream I will attain the way and if it goes where it normally goes I will and of course as the story goes the bowl floats upstream 
but in many ways, like that is our work. It's so important. Because there's so little time. So the koan is not long. I can see Shoen is here, so it was helpful. Joshu was our, one of the great heroes of our tradition. Asked Toshi, when one who has experienced the great death returns to life, then what? Toshi said, it is not permitted to go at night. One must get there in the daylight. The end of the call. When one who has experienced the great death returns to life, then what? So great death in our tradition is when you actually allow body and mind to drop away. The great death is when you actually go beyond convention and you actually allow, it's like those moments where you just are not this or that. And to me, it's one of the reasons why steady, continuous practice is so important, whatever that means for you. To allow the great death, all the things that I'm like kind of, like my little Grinchness. Poor little Grinch. that little Grinch in all of us is like not pleased. But the great death is just to allow that to flow. It is not about being right. There's no right or wrong. We have to release the clamp of our own jaw. Around our own suffering. And our uniqueness. That we want to hold on to because it's not actually at least in my own experience my my own actual uniqueness it's just like a in my own experience it's like what I would the habit of holding on to is like just some 
gunky old stuff that I call me. That is like a bizarre, dark altar that we maintain. We maintain this kind of strange altar of our own suffering. We make steady offerings to it. So this is what Joshua was a student with his teacher asking this question. It's also kind of a funny question, like, okay, okay, so I drop body and mind, and then what do I get? <laughs> so I come to the Zendo on a Monday night, or the Zumdo, and you know, am I gonna get it then? <laughs> Many people do that, you know, like, they came, they're like, I went there once, and eh, it didn't work out. <laughs> I went for a week or two and eh, I didn't, you know, it didn't all, the unicorn didn't emerge. That's why in our tradition that we value and like doing things for at least, at least 30 years. And then evaluate. His teacher says, it is not permitted to go at night. You can't go in oneness. You can't live your life just imagining oneness all the time. Night is that time when you can't really tell a difference. One that's another image in Zen about oneness. You must get there in daylight. We must function our true unicorn self in the midst of our lives. to be a true unicorn in the midst of your life. To me, like one of the great unicorns of our tradition was Shakyamuni Buddha, he was like this true unicorn. Totally themselves. And willing to practice for a lifetime. Willing to keep challenging himself throughout his life. His ch throughout his life, his teachings kept changing. How will you do that? How can you allow yourself to go into your life by day? 
not trying to make everything all the same, including your own way of functioning in a way that doesn't actually serve you or others. It's just so habitual, 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 habitual. Where's the freshness? And the freshness is always available. We just have to put it down. That kind of grinchy, weird, but not weird in the glorious way, like a unicorn. Weird in the kind of suffering, contracted way. So that we can actually feel completely the terror and the joy in this world. The terror and joy in our own life. Our tenderness, our loving heart. And to me, that's why we need each other, to remind each other, oh, 